right, welcome back everybody to another show of Flyway Connections. Like always, I'm here usually with my both my buddies Joe and Sharp, but Joe is on a turkey turkey hunt today. So Sharp, uh, Sharp, go ahead and introduce uh, our guest for the day. All right, guys. Today we have Mr. Bill Daniels from Riceland Custom Calls. Mr. Bill Daniels, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks. <laughs> so let's start off with this. So. Uh, People who haven't been, if they haven't kept up with the uh, worlds, because we do get new waterfowlers, um, the world duck calling competition. You recently had uh, a gentleman by the name of Hayden Richard go out there and basically uh, put a name out there that Ryson was here to stay. So, how, how does that feel for somebody out there, just, you know, cutting calls out there with you? Oh, that was a that was a pretty good night. Uh... Hayden's been getting better and better at calling Main Street, and we we had in our mind that sooner or later he was going to end up winning that contest down there, and it just happened to be sooner than later. And uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty cool to witness that. Yeah, that was insane. He was kind of telling us um, it's the call that he was using was not your typical Main Street style call. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, we we got into doing Main Street calls kind of by accident. Hayden was tilling around in the shop and started playing around with some of the calls, and he, he started ringing them, and he said, man, these things don't sound too bad for a Main Street call. And after a lot of sanding and tweaking on the tone, on, on my tone board, he, he came up with that call that he blows, and uh, we figured out how to modify my one of my tone boards to make them into main street calls and uh the guys that have been using them have been having pretty good success with them uh, hayden hayden placed in the top on the top uh i think the top 11 two years in a row and then he then he ended up winning the world last year and then one of our other callers vincent marsigla he, he also placed fifth last year in the world yeah that's insane and what's crazy is this was the first time somebody from Louisiana, and I think we brought it up yesterday since what, 87 or 86 that won the world? Uh, well, Phil Green won the world. He's actually from Louisiana, but he's he's living in Arkansas now, so that's oh, okay. his place of residence. And I think the last guy that actually lived in Louisiana that won the world was 50-something years ago. Yeah, it was, it was quite a while, but that was, uh, I remember, uh, Joe's Joe called me. We were watching it because they, they had it live on Facebook, and um, and it was like it, it was it was really good. Uh, and it kind of because we, you know we got good we got we became good friends with you uh, yourself and uh, Hayden Richard, and you know it felt and it, they Hayden definitely deserved it. Yeah, it, it he did he did unbelievable in third in the, in the third round. And he he caught up quite a few points and passed them up and. And end up winning. I, I, I had no idea that he had actually won. <laughs> whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever it happened, man, another one of our guys, Cody Johnson, was standing on the, on the front row listening to him call down the numbers. And when, when it got to him, I went pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> I got a video. I was videoing it, and uh, I can't play the video because there's a few choice cuss words in there. But it was pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. I could really imagine. It's like it's insane. But um. I know you, so we, we actually, we talked a little bit. Uh, I know y'all have a new line of duck calls coming out. What, what's going on with Riceland this year? What, what are the big 
things that are going to come out? Well, Hayden and I are working on a, a new duck call. We're kind of tweaking our, our uh, meat duck call, trying to make it make it better. We're always trying to find a better mousetrap, trying to make things that we have better. Uh, I also got a, another spec call that I'm going to try to come out with some point in time in the near future, uh, a little different version on my half-inch bore uh, spec call. And like I said, the the new duck call should be should be pretty exciting. Should be uh, something that everybody should like and should have really. It, it's going to have a really good sound. Uh, I think people will, will like it. Kind of kind of not known for for the duck calls, but we're trying to trying to make our way into that duck, duck call. Uh, getting your name out there in the duck call business. There's so many duck call makers. It's kind of hard, but we're we're working our way there. Oh yeah, especially when having somebody win worlds with one, and it's insane. And you know, I uh, congratulations again. I can't say that more than uh, can't say that enough. And um, if y'all, if anybody's listening, y'all haven't checked out Riceland Custom Calls. They don't only make great spec calls, goose calls. They, they make great duck calls as well. And um, check them out on RicelandCustomCalls dot com. Correct, Bill? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, yeah I think we're the only. Matter of fact, I know we're the only call company to ever win the world spec, the world snow, and the world duck. We've had we've had callers. We've been blessed to have great callers that that enjoy using our product, and we wouldn't be where we are without the help of those guys that that blow in the contest because their input on making these calls and and getting them tuned right is is invaluable. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Go ahead, uh, Sharp. Uh, so we're kind of talking about spec calls and uh so let's kind of get into kind of your the spec calls the different materials that we use the different bore sizes like we were talking about earlier you get thousands of phone calls a year asking you what's the difference between the bore sizes so let's kind of give people a, a resource to come back and look on so um where where would you like to start um i guess why don't you start with your first kind of the first call that you that you came out with and kind of how it how it kind of started from there okay when we first we first started rice land we came out with the five eighths bore call uh and it's it's our mainstay call it's a, a great all-around call it'll do anything that you want to do as far as spec calling it 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 runs fairly easy um you can get loud, you can get soft, you can do pretty much anything you want to do with our 5-8 call. And our next call we came out with was a three-quarter bore. It's a little bit bigger, bigger bore, uh, bigger, bigger tone board. Uh, the back pressure, it doesn't take quite as much back pressure as the 5-8. You can uh, put your hands in a little bit different positions and your hands don't have to be 100% perfect to make it break over. It's a little bit more forgiving than the 5.8. Same thing, you can do all the sound. It can be a fairly loud call. But once you learn how to operate it, you can you can tone it down to be fairly soft also. <clears throat> and then, I don't remember, a couple of years ago, I, I brought back the half-inch bore spec call, which is the call that I learned, I learned how to spec call on many years ago that's all we used to have was a little small bore spec call and everybody was doing the big bore calls and everybody around here hunts with a big bore call so i just i brought back a little different version of the old half inch bore 
spec call to have something that sounds a little bit different. It's got a different tone and it, and it runs a little bit different than the other two calls. It's a little bit more finicky on on where you place your hands. It's a little bit more critical on back pressure than the other two. And then um, can you kind of go into your materials, like the difference between your Durlin, your polys, and your acrylics? Yep. The the poly calls are – I only make the poly calls in 5.8. Uh, it's a molded plastic, a uh, little bit less expensive material and less expensive for me to get made. So they're the they're the uh, most ec- economical route to go as far as spec calls that I make. Uh, then I also make some out of a material called Delrin and the Delrin calls are just plain black calls, no engraving, not polished up, not shiny, just a good material for all around, uh, hunting call. It, uh, if you're not looking for anything fancy, Delrin's the way to go. It save you a few bucks because the material is a little less expensive than the cast acrylic. And then the, the top of the line calls are, the, are made out of cast acrylic rods. I have them machined and uh, and made into calls. They're all polished with the engraving on it. They all look really nice and fancy, you know. They're uh, probably the most the Delrin and the acrylic are the most durable durable calls. They're not pretty much lifetime calls. If you take care of them, you should be able to pass them on down to your kids. Yeah, they're. And then I also make I also make custom wood calls from time to time. I've been getting less and less time to make custom wood calls because we've been so busy with the the production calls. I've, I've had less and less time the past couple of years to, to make wood calls, but I still make, I still try to make about a hundred or so, maybe a few more every year to have for people that like to blow wood calls. One of, uh, one of the guys I uh, do a little guiding with, uh, Tim, Tim Williams of Waterfowl Legends, uh, he was telling me he was going to send you, uh, he was talking to you, I forget what type of wood he had. He uh, got a block of something he was going to send you to make, and I was like, let me know when you do that, because <laughs> I want to get a hold of Bill and get one of those calls. Yeah, I think I made Tim several calls already. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. he's, bought, he's bought quite a few calls from him. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so I know with the call making now, uh, you know, rice and custom calls, you know, made a name. They're, they're, they're there to stay. They're, they're duck call makers too. So, um, I know you are going to come here, the, the big DU, uh, ducks expo that they have every April, every year here in Texas motor speedway. Do y'all have anybody, y'all have people calling in the competition here or are you just coming up here to yeah. judge? Yes. I'm coming up to judge and, uh, Hayden, uh, Richard, Vincent Marsiglia, and uh, uh, one of our guys from California, Bronson Lashley, is coming, and they're bo- they're all going to call in the contest. Y'all going to come here and win again, like last year? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, that's always that's always that's always <laughs> the goal. <laughs> so, yeah, and yes, I know you you talked about it earlier. Y'all are not going to have a booth or nothing this season, correct? No, sir. No booth. No booth this year. I decided not to. Not to do it. I okay. I really don't have my inventory built up good enough to do a booth right now. Yeah, and I know after the worlds, I'm sure everything just production has been insane with uh, Hayden winning and you know, um, you know, people wanting calls now. And uh, I know yep. I have a couple buddies that that. Uh, so I'm not the greatest duck caller. I'm never going to say that. I, I just I just call to get killed ducks. That's that's what I do. And 
we all know our place. So um, I know yeah, I, sure. I think we said we said this on the last show. It's like, uh, I, you know, me calling. Uh, I, I sound like that. Uh, and I, I don't know if you've seen this, Mr. Mr. Daniels, but uh, that movie Happy Feet, that uh, the guy, that penguin that can't sing. That's what I sound like when I call. So but uh, I'll blow <laughs> well, I'll blow the hell out of a whistle. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Sometimes the whistle's better to blow than the duck call anyway. <laughs> but um, especially nowadays, yeah. there's not many mountain mallards come down here anyway to blow a mallard call at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it's uh, and and it's crazy too because we talked about that too a little bit about how last year was kind of changed and um the seasons and uh how the weather. I mean, I'm not a biologist, but we all have kind of our own theories of uh, why the ducks gonna push and stuff. So. Um, hopefully the season comes out a little bit better. We're, we're going to do a little bit more hunts up North and then come down here. Uh, but we uh -huh. all kind of, we all kind of live in different areas right now. I'm in North Texas, uh, Sharps in Georgia, but he, he usually hunts in Arkansas and then, you know, Joe down there in Louisiana. So, mm -hmm. uh, we'll be there for teal season, all three of us. So we're excited for that. Uh, if, uh, oh, listeners, yeah, teal season in Louisiana is is amazing and if y'all have never got a chance listeners definitely make a chance down definitely make a, a trip down to louisiana just to teal hunt it's uh it, yeah, it's it pretty is special. That's, per, that's, that's one thing we still have that's pretty special the teal hunts are usually pretty jam up if, if we haven't had a really bad teal season in a while a couple of years ago we had a slow one but past few years yeah. have been really really good yeah last year was wild <laughs> yeah last year and the year before were really good for us too yeah there's a one duck you can pretty much count on for them to still come here yeah uh them and the the louisiana mallard the spoonbill <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to take those from arkansas that's the arkansas, <laughs> new arkansas mouth <laughs> uh but i mean i i'm no uh uh i'll shoot me a spoonbill if i if i want to joe joe and we talked about this last time, but I don't remember. It was a while that we talked um, last year, actually. Um, I'm known for shooting coots. I'll eat coots. I love coots. Um, <laughs> I know in Louisiana, they call it uh, poodoo, and uh, I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, yeah, but you're I'm, close. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 was, I, I lived there in Louisiana for three years, and that, that's something I learned from there. And uh, the uh, that was something that uh, – I think Joe still to this day will not. And I mean, I think if you cook it right, it, it's good. And I'll eat them. Yeah. They're not bad. You, they're, they're, they're very edible for sure. We, sh we shoot them sometimes when, when there's nothing else <laughs> around to, to hunt. You got to have something to do. Yeah. And you can't, you can't beat a 15, 15 bird limit. So. No, they're, they're fun to shoot. I do Pretty have sharp. a quick question about calls. Um, So when people okay. go on, website when they're looking at the uh acrylic calls they're saying snow it says snow slash spec can you kind of go over how you tune those differently um with the reads the set of the read and then another thing um how often do you recommend i guess replacing reads on calls um i tell everybody to send their call back if they want it retuned you know after the season's over I I generally use one read one read a season. Some people they wear seem to wear out reads a lot more than I do, and I I don't understand why. But some people just I guess blow different or whatever. But 
most people once a year after the season's over, they can send their calls in. Um, I don't charge anybody to tune them up. I just charge the, the shipping to send them back. And uh, like I said, most most people don't don't wear out a reed during the season. Duck duck reeds maybe they might wear out a little bit more, but for the most part, once a year and maybe twice a year at the most, you you can change your reeds and your calls. And for the snow goose tuning, the the difference in the snow and the spec the the is the reed length. The read length on a snow goose is a lot longer than the read length on a spec call. Doing that so that call doesn't break over as bad on you. Right. Yeah. You don't want the you don't want it to break over to make the yo. You want it to you want it to be able to make make the snow sounds instead. Some guys so some guys that- say they can, some guys can tune their they they say they can tune their spec calls to and do spec in snow, but and you can somewhat, but to do a real to do the the real snow goose tune, it's got to be different than a little bit different than a spec call, in, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, sometimes if I see snows, I'll I'll kind of mess around with my call, but like you said, you don't get that quite same sound that you would if with that longer read. Right, right. If if you tune for a snow call, I I tend to tune them for to do the 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 low end stuff to the murmurs and the, the barks and such at the, at the bottom end. And then you can, you can get up and still do the, the higher stuff. But I, I've had more luck killing snow geese with the lower end sounds than, than the flight sound. So I tend to tune it, tune it low. And if you tune it low like that, you can't make it, you can't make it break up for a spec. And so, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up one more time just because I know we're going to get a lot of uh, people asking. Um, I know there's no booth coming up. So if, if is it, is Riceland going to have any products there for people to buy? You said that, you know, the best thing for them is to go online, uh, kind of make yeah. their orders and yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make just sure. Make it, make it online. Yeah. Everything I have, everything I have in stock right now is on my website. And I'm, like I said, I'm building up, building up stock and trying to get some new calls finished up before I, put them up, put them out there and let everybody see them. I'm trying to get some of them built ahead of time where I can, where I can have some once I put them out there and, uh, just keep looking back on my Facebook page or, or my website and the new stuff will be up soon. Okay. And are you still guiding this year? Yep. I think I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I keep saying every year <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to retire, but, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to, I want to do it again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's what I've been saying every year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna go one more time. I guess it'll be <laughs> this year. It'll be ten years. I'll, I'll be guiding at the club that I guide at now. So I'm gonna go ahead and keep on doing it. And Hayden it's hard not to guide. It's uh, no Hayden has his own guide service. Okay. Hayden guides in Hayden guides in Gaydon. He has a uh, Southern Parish Outfitters and. Uh, I got for a private club. Yeah, yeah, we we pass that club quite a bit, and Joe brings it up, and uh, <laughs> like, yeah, well, I, it, um, it's a little too rich for my blood right now. So, mind you, uh, that's why I got there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know Hayden. Hayden uh, said yesterday that he he's a uh, he's guiding uh, crappie and bass fishing now, and he uh, up there in Toledo Bend, I believe. So. Yep, he's getting ready to start a new adventure. He's you know, yeah, <laughs> guide crappie and bass fishing in the 
and then God duck hunting and goose hunting in the wintertime. He, he's fixing to start a whole new adventure. Yeah. He had talked to us and then we kind of, we kind of gave him some stuff about it. It's like, oh man, you, you take leaving the waterfowl and, but you know, it's, it's the man's passion. Uh, he's not leaving waterfowl for any time soon. He said that, but, uh, you know, he said if, if it wasn't, if it wasn't waterfowl hunting, he'd be, he'd be fishing for sure. Oh yeah. He, lo- he, he puts the same time and effort into fishing as he does his waterfowl calling. That's for sure. He's, uh, yeah, he's ate up with it. Yeah. Now, um, sorry, did you have something? Yeah. Um, I guess let's kind of go over a little, uh, spec vocabulary and stuff like that. Um, cause I always, I always recommend people, you know, always come, how do you blow a spec call? Well, I always recommend them to your Facebook page and it's that one video of Hayden going over everything. And that's very, very informative. Uh-huh. Um, I guess let's just kind of do a little spec 101 thing. Um, let's kind of go over just vocabulary of different, you know, scenarios, what the, what you kind of find, you know, there's no call that works every single time, you know, but situations where you think certain types of call, like a murmur or clucks or yodels work in situations. Well, down here in Southwest Louisiana, if I knew the answer to that, I, I would be, I would be really good. But the, the geese down here have gotten so, I just can't emphasize how hard that they have gotten to kill speckabellies in Southwest Louisiana the past few years. It's been unbelievably tough. Um, down here now, to in my opinion, less is more. The less, the less you do on a, the less you do on the call. The, not doing any like contest stuff. Just very few yodels, a lot of murmurs, and a lot of uh, not really murmurs, but a lot of clucking. Uh, light clucking not not you know real long cluck string just real light clucking and light yodels is, uh, seems to be the ticket here now it's like we go up to arkansas a couple times a year and uh, some days up there it's like night and day you can call it them geese up there and they do like they used to do down here i mean they respond to the call you can you can yodel at them you can cluck at them you can do pretty much anything and that and they they work down here most days you do very little the the least is the the least is the most it seems to be down here because y'all typically get like your push of specs and then they're there for a long time you know it's one like one push in and they're hunted hard you're not getting a lot of fresh birds in nope i know we don't I, i don't feel like we get hardly any fresh birds uh anymore it seems like what once we get the ones that come down at a, a initial push in the october first part of november mostly the first part of november now uh they pretty much are the ones that stay around and bounce back and forth around the areas and uh, uh we get a couple it seems like a few small pushes throughout the season but it, we don't get we don't get nothing like what we used to five or six years ago yeah, it's definitely. Were, uh, it, it's uh, we were talking to. We had a gentleman that uh, that came on here, and um, he uh, we met him. I met him through a valor and honor hunt, and I also where I met Joe. But he's in Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, he tells us 
the way that he's like he's starting to see changes in the specs. So he sees he hears them come over as they're coming down that late October, early November, but they don't stop. Mm-hmm. They go straight. But he said now this the past couple of years he's been having more stop back there on their way back up. He's been seeing a shift in that on them. So they're definitely they're definitely changing their changing their flight routes. Well, I can tell I can tell 100% they're changing because by, by the the states that I sell calls to now. I used to sell calls mostly California, Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi and Arkansas. And now I sell probably just as many calls to Illinois, Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, um, you know, further north, Missouri, you know, places that generally didn't have a whole lot of specs to hunt. Now, now all have, from what I understand, fairly good sized huntable populations of specs. Yeah, you've definitely seen, uh, at least from what we read and we, we talked to, uh, you're talking about, um, uh, Tom Cannon. Tom Tom Cannon. Um, from what he told us is that there's definitely been some type uh, of shift up there where they're they're stopping there. And uh, I mean, you you could read different uh, migration reports on specs and stuff, and and that that's that's crazy. And hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully they keep pushing. And that's um, something I hope. I I will say, last season here in North Texas, I saw no specs. Now, granted, I was hunting in Louisiana too, and then. Uh, hunting here and then uh, going around uh, and hunting Oklahoma. I did see some in Oklahoma, um, but uh, didn't see any. I saw uh, I saw a lot of green heads here. Uh, saw some pintails later in the season, and then uh, but man, it, that that was something I wanted to get, and I fell in love with uh, specs, and not just because um, I wanted to hunt the bird, but man. It, to me, Spex is like the ribeye of the sky for me. But some will say sand yeah. cream, but I'm gonna say Spec. So <laughs> yeah, it's a close race. They're both pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the reason everybody likes to hunt Specs is the way they work. They work to a call. You know, they, I always call them the mallard of mallard of geese. You know, they work similar to a mallard. They'll go round and round, circle you, circle you. Sometimes, sometimes they'll dive right in. I mean, it's fairly similar to working a mallard same way specs work a lot of time that's exactly what made me fall in love with it i uh that's got a little cheap cheap little plastic call and that can't yield or anything and i had one kind of come in close and we shot it and i was like this is it i i went <laughs> off to your website and bought a bought a nice one and started learning from there <laughs> i got hooked just that one that one yodel it came back and came in me and my friend shot it and that had me hooked for life yeah, he, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sharp has been our, uh, our I guess, our our local, our Flyway Connection group spec, uh, Summa Guru. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, he when he's up in Arkansas, he's killing specs, and he's using, uh, uh, which, which call are you using with Riceland? I was using a 5.8, but this year I switched to the 3 force. Um, uh-huh. I, I like it. The re- I like it. I almost consider it your kind of like your meat s- style almost. I you get I can do kind of your lower your lower end stuff. It's almost my more hunting style call. It's a little bit a little bit more forgiving. Um, yep. 
and you can do that that lighter stuff like you said with those specs once they get hunted and a lot of pressure on them they don't want to hear those loud yodels those double clucks they want soft stuff make it look like you know but especially for me once when i wasn't getting new pushes of birds i'd switch down to smaller more realistic stuff and make it and that really especially switching that call that really helped you know high wind days when a lot of new birds i could go back up to that uh five eights and and get real loud and get those new birds coming in but those birds that are a little more timid i saw that three-fourths really really helped yep 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 like i said a lot of <clears throat> some days you can you can blow at them blow at them a lot and then a lot of days you just gotta tone it down less is more and i was that's the one thing i love about a spec their body language will tell you real quick what they'd like and don't like a lot more than a duck will. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll let you know in a hurry if you did something wrong. Oh, that, the, the little, when I hear that, the little murmur, I was like, oh man, you better, <laughs> if they don't come in <laughs> on this fast, we're not, we're not getting them. Once they start doing that nervous little, little hunt buzzing. Oh, oh yeah. They'll, they'll definitely let you know when you, when you didn't do something or, Something doesn't look right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and when, I guess, I guess, and I, I have to always have to be that guy. Um, Sharp, do you have anything more for Mr. Bill Daniels? Because I know we try to, we talked about it. I went over a little bit. Oh, one more thing. I believe it was like two weeks ago. You, uh, It was like a little, I think it was a half. It was like that lighter blue colored one is that one still available <laughs> uh half inch one yeah i think yeah. so yep uh, that that like sky blue looking one yeah yep i still got one mm. um, <laughs> you can get you one <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just, just, just let me know when we're done and i'll fix you up <laughs> okay yeah, yeah yeah we'll definitely talk um yeah i'm i'm kind of the one that i uh, and man, Joe and uh, I, I kind of joke with Joe and joke with Sharp at them not being collectors, but they're collectors. Um, I have my own little, uh, I have my own little set, but by all means, I'm still practicing at calling, and uh, I'm gonna keep going. But I, I will say that, uh, you know, I, I think it's just to me that I, I fall in love with the art of the the call making and stuff. So to me, I think people don't appreciate that as much as 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 much as most people need to. So. But um, well, thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. An, it, I tell you what, it, it, you get a lot of enjoyment out of out of making something and then seeing somebody put it to use, whether it's hunting or guiding or or actually doing the competition and stuff. I get, I used to do the competitions all the time, and I get more joy now watching guys that that use something that I made and and are successful with it and win contests more than when I used to compete and win contests. I I enjoy it. I enjoy it more now than I used to. Yeah, you got to. That, that's that's definitely um, something to enjoy, I would say. But um, Sharp, you got anything else? I guess, Mr. Bill Daniels, do you have anything uh, you want to bring up before we go? Nope. The only thing I'd like to say is just if you can, make sure you take take a kid hunting or take a kid and teach them how to call or send them to somebody else and let them teach them how to call. But we need to get a lot. We need to get more kids into in the hunting there's too much other stuff going on that they're getting in trouble and not 
not so much get in trouble, but so much other stuff they can get involved with. They're, they're straying away from the hunting and the calling and the contests and such. We need to do whatever we can to get them more involved in the sport. Yes, sir. And I, I, I'm 100% behind you. I try to take my kids out as much as possible. And now my daughter's got into calling. So, um, I think, uh, she, she, she enjoyed because she enjoyed the whole calling, uh, just because she didn't see as much, uh, I guess you would say females in there as much as, as I guess you would see males. And she, uh, right. she, she's definitely a stubborn one. So she's going to keep going. Well, good, hopefully good. One day. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully I'll see her one day up there, uh, and get that joy. Cause she didn't get that from her daddy. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> All good. <laughs> but, um, I guess, uh, like always, um, I want to thank Violent Honor Outdoors for what they do for our service members, first responders, and veterans. And like always, you'll have a good one and let Violent not fail. <laughs>